Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader, welcome to the show. Today, we're having the first guest in the series of the brand building theme. And the guest is Caitlin Stremple. Caitlin is the founder and CEO of Rising Ranks Digital, which is the national and local SEO firm in the US with, I love it, jaw-dropping results. And her webpage really shows and showcases their clients and how happy they are and, and how good the job of a job Caitlin is doing. And I've experienced her in action watching her and really can recommend warmly her and her team. And with Caitlin, we're talking about aligning your personal values to the brand that you're building how to build a brand based on those values that you have, based on the lifestyle that you want to live, and how to involve your team into that work. Caitlin sharing her own story of how she decided to change from the corporate to building a business and how she would always go back to her why with starting that business. We're talking about how that why can evolve and it's changing based on your family situation, your personal development phase, and many other factors. And that's okay. Your why does not have to be cut in stone. It's part of the process that it evolves. We're talking about building the team that all is aligned with your brand and your values. We're talking about involving them in the process of defining, crystallizing your values and your foundation as the company. And we're talking about how to find the clients that feel good and are in in sync with you and your values. And sometimes you make mistakes and we're talking with Caitlin how those mistakes go, why they happen and what you can do when you need to take yourself out of some client relationship that doesn't feel good to you and your team. She's sharing an example of one of her clients that really burned out her team and we're discussing her learnings from there. She's giving practical pieces of advice on when it comes to running a business, building this brand of yours, and keep practicing checking in with your values and the needs of you as a person, you as the family member, and you as a business owner in your business. So listen in, take whatever you can from here, because there were quite a lot of practical pieces of advice in this conversation, and let us know what you're implementing and how your results are. See you on the other side. Hey, Genius Leaders, tuning in from wherever you are and on whichever platform you're doing, whether it's live or in recording afterwards. Here I am in Iceland and welcoming my guest today, Caitlin Strumpler. Why can I say your name wrong? (laughs) Caitlin Strumpler from the US. So across the pond. Uh, Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and so thankful to be on your show. You're most welcome to be the guest here. And it took a while. We discussed your mm-hmm. coming to the show back in the spring. And then some uh, there was some restructuring on my side with the podcast. And then you had a new member of the family joining. Congratulations yeah. to that. Thank you. So, 
It's, it's fascinating. And finally, finally, we're here. And I'm really looking forward to bringing this conversation to my audience because I know that you can bring very valuable, <laughs> that word we'll yeah. use today, I guess, <laughs> the word values, but very valuable uh, input to the leadership of, uh, of my audience. Oh, thank you. All in divine timing, right? Right, right. So, Caitlin, when you hear the word sustainable business performance, what do you usually think of or what comes to your mind? Let's start with that question. There is actually a lot that comes to my mind. And I think that these days, it's what every business should be based around. And it's really aligning the business with with you. So aligning it with your beliefs, with um, aligning your business and running it how you want your everyday lifestyle to be. So whether that's, you know, being able to spend time with family or being able to go travel and also really aligning it with your, your why as well. Um, so for me, it's, it's helping people with messaging that they need to get out to the world because that message can impact the world. And really just in regards to that, living your best life, like making sure you can wake up in the morning. And if you want to go on a run, if you want to go meditate, you can do that. Just really creating a business that creates the best life for you. Mm, I love it. And, and I already feel like this will be a good conversation for me <laughs> to take in as a reminder and some kind of recalibration point for my own business. Uh, I'm still early on in that journey and there's still a lot of realignment that has to be done. And I'll just be super transparent here. It's hard. And I'm pretty sure that you have your own story of that that's not a walk in the park to really design your business and align your work so that yeah. it's found, like goes in line with what you believe in and how you want to live your life. So Caitlin, I know that you have a very personal story about how you got to this definition of sustainable business performance and how the business should be. Do you mind sharing that? And then we'll just build from there. Yeah, of course. So I, I would say, you know, grew up in the corporate world, you know, once I graduated school and college and I was in advertising on the agency side, the corporate side for a little over a decade. And it was ingrained in me that you need to work 12 hour days. You're praised when you pull all nighters or, or work on the weekend or work on holidays or, you know, work when you're laying out on the beach. <laughs> so it was, you know, one of those things where I, I loved what I was doing, but I would get really burned out. And I knew that there was something else that I wanted to do. And, you know, it took a while for me to actually muster up the courage to do that. And it really took a a life transformation and a really scary event for me to actually look inward and say, okay, like what am I doing with my life? Like, I have this life. I am so grateful for this life. You know, what's what's not a better way than to go after your dreams and to go after what you really want. And that came shortly after the birth of our first son. He is almost five now. And at two months old, we took him for a routine checkup. Everyone, all the doctors like, oh, it's okay. You know, we're just double checking, double checking. Well, two hours later, I was told, hey, we already called the hospital. You need to take your son straight to Phoenix Children's Hospital, which is the, the local children's hospital here. And we found out that he was born with a minor heart defect. So as a first-time mom or any-time mom, it was truly devastating. And everyone told us, like, oh, it's nothing. You have nothing to worry about. So I, didn't even, I told my husband to stay home. And it was one of those things where it was just a huge shock. So we packed up our stuff. We went to the hospital. And we were in and out of the hospital um, for monitoring, heart surgery, 
back again for complications. So it was a time in my life that was was truly crazy. I was still on maternity leave, which was, you know, obviously so thankful. I was so thankful for. But if I wasn't, I honestly don't know how I could have been there the entire time that I was able to do so. You know, I, I stayed in that room. I, I slept on the floor in that room. And during that time, my husband was traveling too. Like we were just talking earlier how, you know, in the United States, men don't really get that much time off when you have a baby. So mm-hmm. he got his two weeks and then, but it was two months. So he was traveling, he was working. So it was really up to me to, to make sure I was in that hospital, taking care of everything. And it honestly was a huge blur. And it wasn't a few months until after we got back from the hospital that I was just laying outside in the sunshine. And it was something, you know, that was kind of just something I started doing every day after being in the hospital for weeks for not seeing any sunshine. So the dust had settled. I was sitting out in the grass and it kind of just occurred to me of like, all right, I, I'm not going to go back to those 12 hour days. Like I, I just can't do it. And, you know, the whole thing around all my fears I had around, you know, jumping in and doing something for myself and starting my own business, it kind of just, you know, it melted away in that moment of realizing, all right, I faced true life and death fear. So it made me look inward and say, okay, like, is this a true fear? Like, can I, can I do this? And really the answer was like, yes. And so I launched a business shortly after that and really haven't looked back since. And it's been such an eye opener. And, you know, even then it's one of those things where I started off great. You know, I was running the business that I love. And like you said, it's, it's hard to sustain. Like you have to be, it has to be very top of mind. And Mm -hmm. so shortly, a few months after that, I started getting, you know, a ton more clients. I started still trying to be home with my son, but also starting this business. And then it really came to me having to work really late hours again, you know, so I'd stay up all night working these hours. I would work on the weekends when my husband and the baby would go hang out. And it was one of those things where I was just like, I had to step back and say, okay, why did I build this business? And I had to go back to the roots of my why. And from that point on, really, really take a hard look of, of how I can change my business to become more sustainable. So that looked like buying pre-made meals every now and then. Mm-hmm. It looked like bringing on help until eventually, you know, bringing on help actually became really, really addicting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I grew my business from there and really made sure that I became cognizant of everything that I was doing. If there's something that just felt off for me or took a lot of my time or just didn't like doing, I made it a point to start to outsource that or to bring on to do it for me. I love it. And I really love how you directly give some practical pieces of advice, like examples of what you've made, what kind of shifts you've made to actually readjust and get back to the why in a practical way. Right. Like, you you know, okay. Yeah. It's so difficult. Those are creeping things that you don't notice them until... Yes. They're on you. Know, <laughs> you don't so notice true. that it's happening. Yeah. And I would like to go into what um, what you said that you've been on that life and death situation with your, your with your son lying on that hospital floor, spending weeks with him there. And sometimes I see people who either wish, even wish it actively to to get to that experience to reevaluate because they know that something is out of alignment or they just know that something is out of alignment, but they just don't know how to change it. So with you having gone through that experience yourself and having changed your life based on that decision or that, that event in, in, in your situation, in your family, 
situation. What would you recommend people who, who feel that misalignment and feel like, oh, I need this kick in my pants, some second chance? How can they avoid waiting for the second chance and take some yeah. decisions now? I think it's twofold. I think it's becoming very self-aware um, because I always had that urge for more. And at that time, I didn't know what it was, you know, until it really, I was sitting out in the grass and I was like, oh my gosh, like this was my calling. Like I'm not supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be doing something bigger with my life. And if you have that feeling, be very self-aware and know that that feeling is meant for you. And that means something. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people have that feeling, but they don't necessarily think or they push it aside or, you know, or it's scary. So it's mm-hmm. first to become very self-aware of that, to know that that feeling is there for a reason. And mm-hmm. it's really just asking yourself then, like once you are aware of that is, you know, what's holding you back and why? Typically mm-hmm. the why comes from being afraid. And if you keep digging with yourself and, you know, asking yourself like, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? The worst is not that bad. You know, like, yes, maybe you're going to go start a business and it fails. Well, you have years of work experience. You can go back to work, you know? And so it's these little fears where you keep on asking and becoming curious. You realize that like, what do you have to lose? You know, it's, you have this one life and you know, make the most of it. What's the ultimate thank you to this life than going out and really following the dreams and following that urge for more? I love it. And I really like how you said, be curious about your fears. You didn't say this way in particular, like this phrase, but that's how I would summarize it. Really explore them. Like what, what is hiding behind that? And what, yeah. what here is real actually? Because usually like in, back in Ukraine, where I'm from, we have this uh, saying that the fear has big eyes. Because everything everything looks bigger when you look through the lens yes. of fear. But when you take that, that fear thing. lens off, you actually see that, okay, this thing is like, this consequence is actually not that bad. I, it's not the life and death situation that I'm yeah, getting exactly. myself into. Yeah. It's powerful. So you have realized that you are made for something bigger than those 12-hour work days in the corporate, in the advertising advertising and you have taken a step from there to start your own business how has the journey been in those couple of years since then what have you learned about this alignment between the values and the business i have learned so much i mean it's been it's been all great you know there are days or there are like the weeks or the months that i went through that i lost sight of the why and just you know put the head down and like you said it caught up with me and i had to work through that but I learned a lot about resilience. I've learned a lot about mm-hmm. self-trust, about following that feeling of, of wanting more and really honing in on that. Because I'm home with you know my kids and working, it's making sure that I stay very on top of taking care of myself and making sure that I have time for myself to fill my cup up so I can you know fill the cup up of my family and my business and, and to really see that for what it's worth. I've also learned as well that your your why can change. So for me, I built this business off of staying home with my family, which I, I'm you know for the most part still doing. But now my my son is at school, and uh, we started growing. So it, there was a point in time where I couldn't just stay home with my son. I had to get help. I had to get a nanny. I had to, you know I had my mom. To, I needed my mom to come, and so I really had to take a hard stop and say, okay, like what is my why, and. Mm-hmm. For me, yes, my son's at school, but I want to be there at 3 p.m. to pick him up from school. In the meantime, you know, I 
also didn't really, at one point in time, I didn't like staying home as much as I thought I would, you know, Mm -hmm. the entire time. So I'm very much part-time full on work and part-time mom, which I've really loved. So it's kind of been finding my footing and my rebalancing of understanding that and being okay with that and not feeling shame around that or guilt. But, you know, another thing too, is I want to work and I want to be able to bring in an income where I can show my son, I can take him on, on trips and vacations Mm -hmm. and really give him experiences that I think every person should experience like different cultures and, and different travels and, and all of, all of that good stuff. So that's been a big one too, is really figuring out and being malleable with my why and my business and myself. I love it. And I really like how you said that the why can change. We mm-hmm. all, all go through different phases in our personal development and our life situation with the family or whatever, but our hobbies, right? COVID, mm-hmm. suddenly maybe we, don't, we can't do the travels for, for a year or one, one and a half or so. So what, how can I rebalance my life there so that I actually still feel this inner balance and fulfilled in, a, in the ways that kind of fill up the cup where the travels can't at the moment. So it's really yeah. good to reevaluate that all the time. So do you have any practice, Caitlin, how you do it? You just maybe sit down for half a day every month or whatever and just thinking, what is my why? Or is it is it just a part of day-to-day work? It is. I wake up every morning and I meditate. Actually, since the new baby has come, it's been more at night and it's been a lot condensed. So it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm shifting again. Like, how do I do this? You know, I work without losing myself. You know, how can I shift to make everything work? You know, we're not sleeping that much at night, but you know, when I can, um, when I'm rocking him, instead of just being on my phone, how can I intentionally turn inward and, and ask myself, like, what, what, what does my body need right now? What does my business need right now? And it's a practice where at first, you know, I needed to put post-its on my computer. I needed to put timers on my phone to be like, okay, are feel into what you're doing. Are you liking what you're doing right now? Um, mm-hmm. Are you feeling fulfilled right now? Do you need to take a 30-minute break to go meditate? And now it's become very second nature, but it took a very long time. It probably took me a solid two years to get to that point of being very of having these reminders and really ingraining this, this everyday practice and so where it becomes routine. So good that you're sharing that, that it took a while, right? And then you yeah. had, had the reminders, a system of reminders, talking about system and the help. Did you involve your team anyhow, or did you have a, a team already at that moment while you were building up this practice of daily check-ins? And if you did have a team and you involved them, how did it look like? Yeah. So they are aware, like I, they have a block, I have a block on my calendar and everyone can see, you know, that, Hey, this is, this is my time off, you know, make sure like nothing gets booked around that time. I also want them to feel good too. So they know that on the weekend they need to put on their out of office, you know? So if somebody emails them, our clients don't, they're not getting back to them, you know, that they're taking that time for themselves to, you know, rejuvenate. And they also know as well that when they show up, they, they need to show up hundred percent. However, whenever they need to take vacation, that's priority. You know, they need to take care of themselves. They need to take breaks and, you know, it's in our welcome packets. It's in our weekly meetings. And it's mm-hmm. also, you know, me showing up for them. So when they do want to take vacation, me not being like, oh, well, like this needs to get done or that needs to get done. It's, it's me stepping in and being like, okay, how can I help you? Or how can somebody else help you? And really not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. 
Mm, I love it that you you showing by example, but also paying attention to their needs and putting that in the priority. Yeah. And I see from your webpage that you're putting quite a lot of effort into experience, and it's not only about the deliverables that you as an as the company uh, bring and the results that you bring to your clients, but it's also the experience of how they treat it by you and your team. So that is, again, one of those things. When you have this synchronicity with your team in a way that when you're aligned that, okay, we as a team, we care of each other, that creates those ripple effects and we start caring about people in our environment, including our clients. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. Yeah, definitely. And like, again, too, I've learned my lessons. Like I've learned what types of clients align with us and what types don't because, you know, we've had the clients come in where they're burning out my team or they might not be nice to my team. So it's been one of those things where it's like, okay, I've missed the ball in creating creating those boundaries. How can I come back and fix that for my team? Because the last thing, I'm very protective of my team, more so I would say than myself, just to make sure that you know they are taken care of and that they are loving working every single day. Like I never want to be the corporation that I I worked in for a decade that really urges people to create that unsustainable lifestyle and work style. This is such a juicy topic, protecting your team and sometimes setting boundaries or even firing your clients. I'd like to go deeper into this. How did you find that balance or how did you learn yourself and and what are you looking for? What kind of questions are you asking yourself and the team when you're working with a prospect who might become your client? Yeah. So now we have an intake form and we really just ask them a lot about their company values and a lot of it too is me talking with them. There's always kind of like that sales call or like, and don't even want to say sales because I'm not even like a big salesperson, but that connection call. And it's a lot of intuition. It's a lot of kind of like navigating. I figured out like the types of leaders um, and how they say things. So for example, you know, if there's, we did have to fire a client and I, it was one of those things where I, I kind of knew from the beginning And it was the way that he talked about his team and the way that he talked about growing his business that I should have, I should have taken that and seen that as a red flag, but I didn't. But now that I've, you know, experienced it once I can go back and I, I can look out more for that, or I can add it to a question when we chat or, um, add it to the intake form. So good. Talking about the values Can you talk a bit more about your own personal values and your company values? And how do you discuss those in the team? Maybe how do you work with your values just to keep this alignment? Yeah. So a big value for us um, is transparency. So making sure that we're transparent with everything, with what we're doing. And that came twofold for me, you know, being a, a client and not really knowing what's going on. But also from, it's a big reason why our clients come to us, that they've gone to these big corporations and they've been neglected, essentially. Um, They don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on. And I I never want anybody to feel that way. So it's, you know, making sure that if we can't get back to them right away, we'll send an email and say, hey, we got your email. Give us a few days to respond. You know, if our workload is, is really heavy or just on the daily, like we bring people into our systems 
And mm-hmm. so they can see everything that we're doing. So they can have trust in us that we're getting, we're getting their stuff done for them. We also value self-improvement. That's a big one. And that's, you know, I feel like if most of our clients are kind of, they're the types of entrepreneurs that also align with that. They understand when I have to take weeks off because I have a baby in the NICU or, you know, I have a baby in the hospital. Um, so it's it's kind of really honing in on on little things like that. Um, self-improvement, transparency, um, making sure that there's always a sense of evolving. I will always make sure that my team has the latest and greatest with best practices in our industry, as well as myself. Uh, that's a big one as well. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, you, now we talked a bit, a bit about that the why can change and then the values, they usually are the same, but they might evolve as well, right? Because you're mm-hmm. learning more about yourself as a business owner, entrepreneur, yourself, maybe as the, the leader for your team. From you, you learn from your clients and so on, so that keeps evolving. How do you work on this evolution with your team? How do you bring them on that and communicate what's going on in your mind and you the things that you might be rethinking and reevaluating? How is that communication going? Yeah, it's that's something where I've been used to working in a silo, but I've you know realized that really the best results come when you're just open and honest and communicate and transparency again. So it's not just me working in a silo, it's me coming to the meeting and it's not just getting a status from my my teammates mm-hmm. and my colleagues. It's me showing and being like, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is the vision or, you know, hey, I've worked on the 2022 plan. This is what we're doing. This is kind of what I'm really excited about. And I find that if I'm excited and I talk about it, then they automatically get excited and and they want to be in on on the goals that we're trying to reach. So that's been really fun. And I always get their input as well on, you know, how is this client doing? You know, what what do we need to improve on in our systems? What do you need to improve on in, you know, our client communications? So also giving them that autonomy as well. And not just me like telling them what to do, but really looking to them and having them be seen as a leader, you know, because a lot of the stuff that they do, it's because I'm not that good at it or I don't like it. So it's, you know, they are people who like it and are good at it. (laughs) So really it's, you know, they have that insight and they have that expertise that I don't have. For sure. That's, that's the beauty of creating a team, right? You can actually find the people who enjoy doing things that you find boring or tiring, and then you just really enjoy your pieces of the cake and exactly. contribution to, to the team results. Caitlin, if people are th- sitting right now and thinking about this whole brand discussion, how to build your brand, uh, whether they've already started or they're just having the ideation process at the moment, what kind of practical piece of advice would you give to them how to think about those things? Maybe some questions to ask or some conversations to have, if conversations with whom? Yeah. I would say first, it starts with the why. Like, why are you doing this? What's important to you? You can ask questions like, what bugs me about my industry? That's that's a mm-hmm. big one. I think that's a really great one that like everyone does this. For me, it was the transparency piece. And I I that bugs me and I don't want that to happen, you know? So it's it's thinking about that, um, which ends up being your competitive edge, but it's just like a good, a good question to kind of get your wheels turning, a different way to think about it. And just who are you as a person? I think that's also really important, especially if you are the face of your brand. How do you want to show up every day? Like, What does your best self look like? And what's going to be really 
exciting for you? Like kind of like more of like the vibe, like what's your vibe? Like who are you as a person and how do you want to show up every day as your best self? And even then I feel like that's so great too, because you can think about that daily. You know, you can have a post on your computer of like, Hey, this is my vibe. This is, this is what I'm going after. This is who I am. And just seeing that reminder just makes you better as a person. And it makes your bit makes you have a better business as well. Yeah, this this question about the vibe, I, I really like it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how can we maybe tweak it to the part of the audience of mine who who are really engineering-minded mm-hmm. and very analytical? So this is what I usually work with my clients when we talk about the value words. Quite often, my clients need to go through the excess of defining their three magic words, so mm-hmm. to say, that become their inner compass, their guidance through different actions, through how they show up in their relationships, in the meetings, and in the life every day. So think about that as well. That yeah, like why, what why? To, yeah, what message do you want to get across to the people that you're trying to reach? You know, what what do they need to hear that you can help with? Yeah, for sure. So that that is also one of the pieces of that. Really, what what do you want to bring to the table? How do you want to contribute? And I really like the question that you asked, uh, Caitlin. What bugs me about my industry? And that doesn't have to be applicable to only the entrepreneurs who, who are thinking of starting their own business. It can be within your organization if you're an employee. It can be within your department if you're a leader of a department in a corporate and so on and so forth. That can also be in your personal relationships. It can be in your friendships or in your family, in the community of yours locally or club that you're a part of and so on. So think about that. What do I want to bring to the table here? What do I feel is missing and how can I contribute to that? And what matters to me? What is important? Yeah, I love that. Caitlin. I I just feel like we've covered so much already this short time. You're giving good answers. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking if we start wrapping up, what kind of three pieces of advice would you give to the genius leaders tuning in? And that can be a summary of what we have already discussed, or maybe something else that you feel like we haven't covered and we should. Yeah, I just, you know, think it's going back to the curious pieces. Stay curious about everything, you know, for yourself, mm-hmm. for you know, your department. Is there something that just feels off for you? Is there something that you feel isn't aligned in your company that you can have a voice in and that you can change, whether that be internally or externally facing to the people that you're trying to market to? Mm-hmm. Um, just being very curious and and really being, again, very self-aware of everything that you're feeling. Like if you feel like this weird thing is off with some messaging or uh, your department or your systems, just really stick with that and and know that that's probably there for a reason. That is such a big piece here, this misalignment. As you said, with this client whom you had to cut, to, to fire at some point, you had that feeling about them, right? You had those yeah. bells. Yep, and I dismissed it, you know? Yeah, because it's like so exciting, like a big, a big new account coming our way. But mm-hmm. in the end, it really burned out me and my team. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we're burned out, it, we, you know, it's not good for them either. Exactly. You're just getting unhappy clients and then that affects your your deliverables for the other clients who who shouldn't be suffering, right? And then also the future the future business that you can do. (laughs) And and that happens. I I hear it from friends of mine, from the leaders whom I work with. It can be also about the hire when they feel like, oh, this CV is so good. But then in an interview, there is something not right. And then five months later they're like this person is creating a lot of problem and a lot of tension, yeah. a lot of conflicts in the team. And we just don't know yes. how to get rid of them right now. And those kind of things. It's always there. You are smarter with your feelings and emotions than you might think. 
Yeah, I I agree. And the more you practice it too, the more I feel like the better you'll become at it. For sure. So you said, stay curious, be self-aware. Did I miss Mm -hmm. any of the tips? I think that's, I think that That for the most part covers it. Yeah. Great. I do think they cover quite a lot. How about a practical piece of advice, some action step that our genius leaders can take today after listening to this conversation? Yeah. Oh, let me think. I would say, you know, in regards to marketing and strategy and things like that, what I've seen lately, it's just kind of been, um, it's kind of like off topic. We haven't even like really covered that, but it's coming up a lot for my clients is being, if you are having trouble with sales, go back to your messaging and really ask yourself, am I being clear? Is there clarity here? Is there, you know, confidence in the messaging and, and, you know, are we not getting fluff and are we consistent? You know, a lot of things that I've seen in marketing is that, um, they put a lot of fluffy verbiage in that people really don't know what's going on or what they're trying to sell. And they're also not consistent. You know, like they'll show up on social media every now and then, or they'll send, they'll have a big email list, but send out emails every now and then. And Mm -hmm. the biggest factor, the one factor that I've seen in a hundred percent of our clients on who is successful and who is not is the consistency part. And not just for the first few weeks, for months, you know, into years. And that's, they'll start to get that snowball effect and you stay consistent and it will, it will change your business. I see it from my own business that I'll be honest, the the messaging might not be the clearest and I'm pretty sure I could use your services, Caitlin, and your team here. (laughs) I'm still looking for that perfect message that makes people understand like, yeah, here we go. I need to work with Anna. But talking about the consistency, that's definitely a game changer. I see that now that people are expecting me to show up when when I'm usually doing it and people are asking me. And also that people come to me, whenever people start talking to me, they're actually more aware of who, who I am just because they have checked Yes. All the content that me and my team are creating. Yeah, that's, that's a big... the best part is people mm-hmm. come and they're just like, well, can I work with you? Versus like, hey, do you want to work together? It's like, they're coming to you. Mm-hmm. Just so fun. I love when that happens. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely important. So if we talk about the practicality of this step, if it's hard to see this kind of clarity yourself when you have created that. Yeah. So when people are sitting down today after listening to us and thinking like, okay, is my message clear? It might be difficult for them for, because they live this and live, live and breathe this message, right? How could you suggest to work on this question so that people remove those blind spots and really get I, through yeah, this unclarity? I, I think it's asking. I think you really just have to go out there and ask your audience. You have to, um, and don't be afraid of that. Some people are really afraid of being like, well, if I ask that, they're going to think I'm not professional or, or you know, or, you know, we're not the best that we are. And it, it's not like that. You know, consumers love to be a part of helping brands. They love to see authenticity. Um, so it's asking, I would say, just your audience in general. And also just people outside of your industry. If you can talk about it and they understand it, then that is golden. <laughs> For sure. How could you ask? Just like a, put out a, a post or you start one-to-one conversations with the people in your audience just so that you yeah. get input? What would you suggest? If they have a, an email list, you know, you can ask them that way. Um, it kind of depends on how you're already talking to them. So if your email lists are very, um, very professional, you know, it, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's social media instead of like, Hey, we want to get this poll. Or maybe it's like, you know, the Facebook and if, I mean, if you can, in some industries, you can actually sit down with people and you can actually immerse yourself in their culture. And if that is you, 
kind of just sit down and start start poking around and start asking. It doesn't have to be, you know, a sit down formal thing. It just can come up and just be like, hey, we'd love to get your thoughts on this. Or, you know, we're thinking about pivoting to this. Like, what? You, how does that make you feel? Mm, so good. That's a, that's a scary part sometimes, so especially when you are attached to your baby, what you've created, and you're like, you don't know what, what can come out of those conversations. Yeah. But I'm totally it. guilty of this too. So it's, it's like when they say like when you're at the inside of the bottle, you can't see the label from, mm. you can't see the label on the outside of the bottle when you're in the inside. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, it's just really about getting the reps in. Maybe start asking the person who who you have the most trust, trustworthy and open relationship with, just so that it's yeah. not as scary to do this first step, and yeah. then keep practicing one conversation at a time, one yeah. question at a time, and you'll get that clarity. I know, like my partner, like when I, you know, he's in finance, so we are total opposite ends. So it's like when we have questions, we'll ask each other. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking mm-hmm. about, and I'm like, I know I need to like retweak some things. Mm, for sure, that's really good. We also had those current conversations with, uh, at the dinner table with my husband, who is a teacher and academic and at the university. Uh, so, Caitlin, if uh, people want to reach out to you, learn more about you and your team, or just have a chat, what would be the best ways to go around? Yeah, so our website is risingranksdigital.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook um, at Caitlin Strempel. Good to be consistent. <laughs> You're talking about <Yeah>. consistency. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And which of the platforms are you usually most present on or are you enjoying most? Um, LinkedIn and Instagram. Great. We'll put those links in the show notes that people can easily click oh, and get, get all over to you. Anything else you would like to, to mention today before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, if anybody needs help with their messaging, their marketing plans, their tactical strategies, um, we've been offering VIP days, which um, our clients have been loving. It's one day, it's six hours of just grinding out a whole year of marketing plan, messaging, whatever you need. So the timing is like, people love it because it's like, they don't have to work on it for months. It's like, we go in nitty gritty for a day and then you have the plan. So we we open those up at the beginning of every single month. So if anyone has any questions or they're looking for something like that, just to DM me on any of the platforms or you know you can reach out on the website as well. Yeah, it sounds amazing. It's it's something that really gives this space, the time and the space for people to for the leaders to to run their business and not grind on on the nitty gritty details. So wow. thanks for providing that. Yeah, thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you so much for for the conversation today, for finding time in your busy entrepreneur and mom life. And I hope <laughs> that will be all good with the with the school for the older one and for the tiny yes. baby that um, yeah. continues well and now around so healthy. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and did leaders let us know what you thought about the conversation and what you're taking with you. And please implement, take that action. Think about your messaging if you feel like there is something not functioning in your sales, for example. And start tweaking it. Start asking people about that. And if you feel like you need external help of the experts, please reach out to Caitlin and her team. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 